Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, y'all. Seven Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by the Armchair All-Americans as a part of the Armchair Media Network. 2019 NFL Draft Talk continues despite my deep obsession with 2020. Then next year is always better. It is I, Rob Paul, the Armchair Scout, a.k.a the best offensive lineman on the Texans roster. And with me, as always, is AJ. If you draft all the DBs, one will work out. A Tampa, Marchese. Just throw picks at it, I guess, at this point. I don't know. Bad picks, though. Let's get there anyway. Today, though. we're going to continue our division-by-division division draft grades with the AFC <laughs> and NFC South. Let's hit it. Seven rounds in heaven with my baby Going out to Vegas maybe Looking for a young or a 2 Don't draft a running back on the first day Don't draft a running back on the second day Maybe draft one on the third Or don't Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. I'd like to take a second to introduce our newest friends from SeatGeek. Let them take the confusion out of your ticket buying experience. Instead of shopping dozens of sites to find the best deal, let SeatGeek do the work for you. Their app scans the web for the best deals to your favorite game, concert, or show and rates them on a scale of 0 to 10 to let you know if you are getting the best bang for your buck. A green dot marks great deals, yellow dot good deals, and red dot not so good deals. Use promo code ACAA at checkout to receive $20 off your first purchase. That's two free beers at the stadium on them. What are you waiting for? That's promo code ACAA for $20 off your first purchase. SeatGeek. Life's an event. We have the tickets. You know who else has the tickets to not making the playoffs now thanks to their draft class? The Houston Texans of the AFC South. They're going to make the playoffs. Maybe. maybe. That's a big ol' maybe in a tough division. It's a big ol' maybe when yeah. you're just taking... Big old projects at your most important positions of need. <laughs> I mean, it can't be worse, or can it? I could, uh, I could have used just guys who went in the third round to fix their first, second, and second, second round picks. Anyway, let's dive in on the Houston Texans. Uh, kicking off, they shocked the world, and with the twenty-third overall pick, took Alabama State tackle Titus Howard. Did they shock us, Rob? We knew they don't know what they're doing with the offensive line position. It just looks so bad because the Eagles cucked them, traded up to 22, took Andre Dillard, Washington State tackle, who was exactly what Houston needed. Yep. And then they reached for Titus Howard, who to me was never even a top 100 player. No, me neither. I mean, I would take a shot on him in the fourth round. Even the third round, even the third round, back into the third round, like where Yadni Kajust went. Yeah, I think I like Kajus better. Oh, no, I was taking Kajus in the second round. Yeah, I know. Uh, Yeah, I don't like this pick. I don't think this pick is going to work out. He's a big-time project. They just need guys to go and be good. Just take safer picks. It's a bad situation for him because for him to pin up, he's big and he's athletic, but he's so raw. You don't know if he's a left tackle or a right tackle because Alabama State was just rotating from possession to possession. And um, he needed time to sit, and this is the team where he's going to be thrown into that. Probably, mm-hmm. if he's not starting left tackle, then uh, he's going to probably be starting right tackle because their tackles are Matt Khalil, 
uh, Rick Leonard, Bucknell, Julian Davenport, and <laughs> Max Sharping, who was also a reach in the second round. Because I'm assuming yeah. Martinez Rankin's kicking inside. I mean, he should be. He, was, he had a rough rookie year, but yeah, he sh- they should definitely kick him inside. Uh, yeah, so that that was a big old reach. Then two two Pretty second big. round picks for them. Fifty uh, fourth, they took Kentucky corner Lonnie Johnson, who is the definition another of uh, the like upside. Gonna get overdrafted. Another guy who I didn't see as a top one hundred player. Uh, nor did I. He's already Burns esque, where the athleticism, the size, it all looks good in theory, and then. He just bites on so many double moves. He's a complete technical mess. He uh, he just seems lost on the field a lot. Just a guy who's not going to be able to play for two years, in my opinion, for him to really truly pan out and develop. I, I and those are their two biggest needs: tackle and corner. Yeah, and they just drafted absolute projects. Yeah. And then after Johnson, they go fifty fifth. They take Northern Illinois tackle Max Sharping. See, okay, so it, like Howard, I would not have been shocked to go, you know, in the top forty picks. We also had heard, yeah. And then Lonnie Johnson, I also expected to go top sixty. Sharping, I didn't. <laughs> I think this one kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, because he doesn't have the know. at least with Howard and Johnson. You there's a lot of hype. Yeah, around. there there was yeah. there was whispers they could go earlier than expected. Yeah, and like some people mm-hmm. at least did like them. Like, to the point yeah, where like, they you know, talk ath- about them as, like, top 100 picks. Yeah, athletic projects, and yeah, exactly. Sharping doesn't really check any of those boxes, and they took him 55th, the second round. Yeah. And to me, I like I liked him in the fourth round-ish, fourth, fifth, mm-hmm. as a swing tackle who can uh, maybe play some guard. Like, a Billy Turner type of lineman where he's going to be a nice backup, maybe have to start down the road. Yeah. I I don't know what happened. And now they're there. like their I'd, offensive line as a whole, in theory, their tackles because they paid Matt Khalil a weird amount of money, so I'm assuming they're penciling him in as their probably their starting left tackle. I think Titus so, Howard's yeah. gonna be their starting right tackle. Yeah. Then uh, uh, their center's gonna be Nick Martin. I'm assuming with Martinez ranking at one of the guard spots and potentially Max uh, Max Sharping at the other one. Zach Fulton's there too, but. Yeah, uh, who knows? More sh- Sharpen's depth for because I know Khalil's on a one-year contract. So either way, you're planning on starting Titus Howard and Max Sharping, both of them at least by year two. Yes, that's bold as hell. Uh, Poor Deshaun Watson. Yeah, that's it. Didn't work out great. I wonder if like just fate would have fallen better if if they ended up getting Dillard. You know I feel like I mean? it would, may not have been felt as gung ho on Sharpen. Yeah, yeah, forced to take him. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know, I just so strange. Uh, yeah, no, I, I I thought their first three picks were the worst first three picks of the entire draft, <laughs> and they were top fifty five picks. And, and yeah, they 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 did very. Luckily, poorly. their next three picks I was a fan of. Eighty uh, sixth third round, they took San Diego State tight end Kahal Waring, who one I of my did. guys. I think it's a good player and a good fit. I think they're looking at the run two tight end sets with him and probably uh, Jordan Thomas. Wow. To to rain on the parade a little bit, it just makes the Jordan Akins pick look so much worse. The thing is, Akins, because uh, obviously um, B.O.B. being from New England, Akins fits mm-hmm. that Aaron Hernandez role better than Jordan Thomas does in theory. Yes. If that's what you're going for with the two tight end sets, and then Warring as your Rob Gronkowski in theory, because he's uh, yeah. more of a classic inline guy with size, go up. Uh, so I Move that'll well, be yeah. interesting to see who ends up that tight end too, because Jordan Thomas totally outplayed him last year. It wasn't even and like close. Jo- Jordan yeah. Thomas was one of the best rookie tight ends last year, like probably yeah. top, top three. Top three, yeah, I agree. And, he was. Um, so he's just a really odd and guy he, where. Yeah. He's he's quite athletic considering his size. He just built like Algy Crumpler, where he looks like he could be a lineman. Yeah, you know. So that would be interesting to see who who's doing what there. But I think Warren can ultimately mm-hmm. be their true tight end in line tight end one. Um, I, I yeah, I think I think I agree. It's gonna be interesting. Like, you're right. He blocks with effort. He can go up and get it. He's like Todd Heap. Um, and then fifth round, 
big old steal. Texas defensive lineman Charles Amenehu, who I had as a top 40 player, falls to 161. Um, a guy who's, a, I think, a really good fit for that defensive line. I agree. Uh, a second-round player for me as well. I think this is an absolute steal. And yeah, inside-outside a bit for Amenehu. Um it's going to be interesting. I guess they're just going to play him at five or what? Yeah, so I'm thinking three-man fronts. He can potentially be uh, uh, their starting five tech. Mm-hmm. And then four-man fronts, like, put on passing downs, you're looking at J.D. Clowney, J.J. Watt, hand in the dirt uh, with um, Amenahue. Or, sorry, Watt and Amenahue on the inside, uh, Clowney and, um, oh, boy. Time Merciless? Yeah, Whitney Merciless at edge and then uh, – Rundowns you're looking at uh, a D line of Watt, Amenahu, Reader, Reader. With, and Clowney, technically. No, yeah, uh, I didn't really think about that. The, 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 like they used to be pretty deep at five tech, but uh, not as deep as they used to be. So Amenahu could be at least contributing, and, and the versatility fits exactly what yeah. Patriots staffs like in defensive linemen. Um, mm-hmm. I love his That's length. That's a home run of a pick. Like the length, and explosiveness, yeah. and pass rush upside for an interior yeah. D line is huge. I think he could be one of the biggest steals of the entire draft. I agree. Uh, And then 195th, they took Central Michigan corner Xavier Crawford, who I think is a way better better value there than Lonnie Johnson was in the second round. And uh, Crawford's a guy who's physical, despite being a little bit undersized, and I think can ultimately find a role as a nickel. Um, Mm -hmm. And he's not going to have to play as a rookie. Also, is a huge bonus. Um, yeah. But just a developmental starter uh, with nickel upside to me. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, the corner group is, is another weird group, to be honest. But Yeah, because it's like Jonathan Joseph is never going to die because they don't know how to develop anybody <laughs> else. And even though he's uh, past yeah. his prime, he's just going to have to keep playing. Yeah, and they brought Roby in, and Colvin's, Colvin's good. But... Yeah, I, th- I think their top three corners are going to have to be Roby, Joseph, and Colvin. Yeah. Colvin at nickel. Yes, for sure. And then Justin Reed and Sean Gibson. Yeah, that's. I think that's the starting second. And then a die is nice back up there. Anyways, um, yeah. don't draft fullback. Yeah, and then because it's a Patriots staff, they drafted in the seventh round Texas A&M fullback Colin Gillespie. Yeah, uh, don't draft fullback. But he did wear the twelve for the twelfth man at A&M. So don't forget that it. Doesn't make sense. Should be. Re- should be retired anyways don't forget it and uh yeah so he'll be uh their fullback in special teams ace um Sweet. A- anyway i ultimately gave them a c the warring amenahue and crawford picks i was big fans of i thought amenahue yeah. like i said one of the biggest steals of the draft warring's a perfect fit and crawford's a guy i was just a big fan of late in the draft mm-hmm. i gave them a c minus uh i think like you said amenahue's a great pick uh don't draft fullbacks crawford's uh Probably low. I think I'm a little lower on Warring and Crawford than yeah. you, but I like the Warring. I like like they're, they're both good picks, and then the first three picks are just yeah. terrible. Uh, okay, the Indianapolis Colts who traded back because Chris Ballard's a genius, um, and traded their way out of the first round. Their first pick coming 34th mm-hmm. overall in the second round. Temple corner Rocky Sin. Yeah, I love it. I mean, I think it's. A I don't think anyone was surprised when they made that pick. Uh, no, I, I felt like it was either going to be Rocky Sin or Debo Samuel. Either way, I, I was going to really enjoy that fit. Mm-hmm. Um, Ballard's shown that he loves a, a, a physical corner who's willing to tackle. That's Rocky Sin. Give yeah. corners one of their biggest needs. Probably comes in and competes for a starting job right away. I'm guessing their starting outside corners will end up being him and Pierre Desir at least I by the so. midway point yeah. with... Uh, yeah. Probably Ken, like Ken, Kenny Moore at nickel and then uh, Malik Hooker, uh, obviously, is their free safety. Safe. Strong yeah. safety is a little up in the air, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, Yusim, perfect fit. I know some people thought this was too rich. Some people thought he was a first round pick. This was right away where I, I, I had him like 36 or 38th on my board, so right around where I had him. I think the value is exactly right. I and agree. he's a guy who keeps getting better, and we know how competitive he is after that senior bowl, even it's if he's getting cooked a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> a couple times, but I mean, Debo was so great. Yeah, uh, and then 49th overall, they took TCU edge Ben Banigu, um, who another guy. Lots of people are kind of all over the place on. Super yeah, athletic guy. Sure. I was really into him in the summer. Then yeah. 
kind of like he fell off a bit to me and then by the Mm -hmm. end i think i had him in like not not in my top 100 like just outside of it but i think that i think he was strong i think yeah he's a late third round guy to me i believe Oh, uh, the athleticism is because yeah, to me he's a Bruce Irvin type of player where he's a bit of a tweener between yeah. off ball edge. Like he's best as a Sam linebacker. He's gonna come in there. They needed a Sam linebacker, uh, and he's gonna compete right away to be the starting Sam linebacker. I think. And um, Eberflus is such a creative defensive coordinator. I think he'll have Benegu yeah. playing with his hand in the dirt, playing out, um, and really what killed Benegu as uh, a like a big time edge prospect he just wasn't flexible on the edge enough but like mm-hmm. in a sam role i think it's a very good fit for him as he develops and then it gives you him him and darius leonard as your outside linebackers uh going forward that i like that a lot it's it's honestly interesting to see how they're constructing this defense i big agree I, I, that's the thing i didn't when i looked at their draft class i didn't love every pick in terms of value but the fits, yeah. they Ballard knows what he wants and what he wants. Like their next pick here, 59th yeah. overall, second round, Paris Campbell, Ohio State receiver. Not a guy I love, but I think he's a perfect fit. Yeah, I think he's gonna be so much fun in that offense too. Like I, again, I don't love him either. I think that's, but like it's where I expected him to go. I, it's it's, it's, it's later pick. than I expected him to go. I thought the NFL would way overdraft him. Yeah, and uh, mm-hmm. like he's a guy who I think I had in the 90s, and. Um, mm-hmm. But this is the ideal team for him. Like he's going to be their starting slot from day one. He's yeah. uh, their their passing attack uh, is a, is built a lot on short crossing stuff, which is where yeah. Paris Campbell thrives. Just get the ball in his hands. He's dominant after catch. Percy Harvin type of receiver, um, and yeah. just get creative with him, which I think they will because Frank Rick's a genius. <laughs> You're such a Colts fan, but yeah, I, I'm not gonna lie. I agree. The Colts are my my favorite. Were my favorite team to watch last year, and my second yeah. favorite team probably entering the season. So I mean, I'm honestly excited to see like like they they obviously the defense was really good last year, but you know they weren't they didn't have all their right guys. You know what I mean? So this draft maybe felt like you're getting the idea of what they're going for. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, like, a lot, just a lot of free agents are leftover dudes on that team. Anyways. And then 89th, they took linebacker Bobby Okariki from Stanford, who, a guy you're a big fan of. Um, I like Okariki, yeah. He was, like, kind of one of your guys, wasn't he? You were talking about him forever. Yeah, I know. Yeah, like, he's been uh, a guy, like, for, like, the last two seasons at Stanford. First, just watching him in games and then the tape. Putting the tape on, I didn't. End up like I think I had him um, early fourth. So okay, like, pretty much. So I was same. higher on him than you. This is right where I had him top one hundred. Um, uh, I can check. I don't remember now. But yeah, go on, keep talking. I like Okariki. Apparently not. Uh, yeah, no. So I had Okariki right around like ninety third or something on my board. Uh, mm-hmm. love his length and athleticism. He's got like crazy yeah. long arms. I uh, thought very strong coverage. I think ultimately their starting linebacking core going forward, um, will end up being. Darius Leonard at weak side, Bobby Okereke in the middle, and Ben Banigou, uh at strong side. And that's a super athletic group. And that's like, Okariki's not going to have to play, Banigou might not have to play much either as rookies, and like yeah. Anthony Walker is there. And it, I, I'm not a huge Anthony Walker fan, I think he's solid, um, but you just have a lot more upside in Okariki. Uh Oh, sorry, this is like, like exactly where yeah, I Yeah, see, Okariki that's what I thought. Anthony, You're trying to tell sure. me I'm wrong about what you think, fool. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but no, another guy who just adds more athleticism. Their defense flies around; is really physical, and that's what he brings to the table. Yeah, I, that that trio, eventual trio, is gonna be really fun. To be and then the fourth. I mean, we already know Leonard's a stud. Yeah. Stop interrupting me today, fool. <laughs> the, Talking. The, I'm sorry. Oh my god. Then in the fourth round, they took Michigan State uh, safety Kari Willis. Another guy I thought was uh, a little early for me, but the fit is prime. Mm-hmm. Um. He's in like that Pat Chung uh, style of strong safety, who can come down, match up with tight ends, can play in the box, really physical player, uh, the perfect complement in style to Malik Hooker, and um, I think can eventually be their starting strong safety opposite Malik Hooker. I think that's fair. Uh, I think a little rich for me, but I think yeah, good fit. I agree. With and you. he's gonna add a ton on special teams, which is another thing. And mm-hmm. so, t- to me, their first one, two, three, four, five picks are all perfect fits. 
in terms of scheme and uh, and what Ballard likes in a player at that position. Yeah. And then the rest of the picks are kind of just high upside athleticism and versatility, which I'm okay with, even though I hate Marvell Tell, who they took in the fifth round at a USC DB. Yeah. Long athletic guy who played safety at USC. I think they took him to be a corner, to be honest. It's going to be an interesting exper- experiment. His, his length and athleticism are so interesting, and he just... His his effort level was really inconsistent. I I couldn't buy into him. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not surprised he went this early because of the the name and uh, athleticism. But uh, yeah, no, it it was yeah. Seemed like he'd be like a solid special teams guy if he worked hard. But yeah, definitely seemed like a half lots of half assing from him. But the athleticism's good. And then their other fifth round pick, EJ Speed <sighs> from Tarleton State, a surprising pick. Uh, guy who's basically drafting to be a special teams linebacker because of the athleticism. Uh, I don't know if he'll make the team. Probably ends up on the practice squad. Uh, on the all-name team, though. Just another guy who they're kind of betting on day day three athleticism uh, and size. Yeah. And, like, yeah. really raw player who played all over at Tarleton State. Um, and then six-round Jerry Green, who's a high – another thing they, they tend to do, they draft guys who are captains. Jerry Green, Mississippi State's captain, even though wasn't their best defender when they had a bunch of really mm-hmm. good ones. Uh, and he's yeah. versatility to play edge and linebacker. Um, so I thought made sense fit wise. Uh, not like a slam dunk pick, but a solid pick there. Yep, and then off to line depth in seventh round. Yeah, with Jackson Barton from Utah and Javon Patterson from Ole Miss. Barton is a swing tackle. Patterson can play all three interior spots. So like you said, pa- I thought Patterson had a pretty nice senior bowl too. So it was solid. Um, but yeah. Like I, the thing is, with their offensive line so solidified, just getting depth guys like that is very solid that late. I agree. Uh, I I give them a B plus. Solid B for me. Again, I think the the the, the difference just for like, me the, like the, to get yeah. them the B plus was I really really like the fit, and I like that Ballard mm-hmm. sticks yeah. to his guns, uh, in terms of philosophy, and uh, he's shown he's one of the best GMs. Yeah, I think like this could end up being an extremely good draft like better than we anticipate but like i kind of want to see how he uses everyone on the field and i think a lot of roles are clearly defined but the defense i mean more and, and that but yeah it was like the same thing last year where it was like a lot of guys who maybe it wasn't the best value but then the fit mm-hmm. was so strong like i remember people were outraged with darius Leonard at times when he was picked there and obviously he was yeah. dominant as a rookie um <laughs> yeah. and like naeem hines who's another guy who i really liked uh in some Looks like me and Chris Ballard are the same person. No, but like they just they're so good for drafting for fit with Ballard in charge. I mean, yeah, and like I think obviously Nelson was a home run. We both like uh, Brady Smith and, a lot. Yeah, and Chemico Ture, we were both big fans of. Yeah, I loved his. I loved his. And class like I didn't year. like Taekwon Ty- Lewis uh, as a second round pick, but the fit ended up being so perfect because they love yeah. the inside outside yeah. ability on the D line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. So I gotta give. I think I gotta give Ballard the benefit of the doubt, but. I won't give that plus, Rob. I'm sorry. Hey, you gotta respect that he traded out and acquired more picks, like your boy John Schneider, though. I do. I do. Uh, okay, the Jacksonville Jaguars, kind of a similar type of first round pick this year as to last year, where they took a, a defensive lineman who slid, even though it wasn't the biggest need. Yep. And uh, Josh yeah, Allen. seventh of <laughs> what? No, I was just saying that's who it was. Yeah, it was got him there, but you keep interrupting me. Uh, seventh overall, they yeah they get Kentucky linebacker edge Josh Allen, and um, a guy who some thought could be a top three pick, uh, mm-hmm. and a really great fit in Jacksonville. It's even more interesting with Tubman Smith sitting the year uh, that he could be playing off ball linebacker, and they have him listed there, and he's wearing forty one, which is technically a linebacker number. Uh, so yeah. it'll be interesting to see how they used him, but slam dunk in terms of fit and uh, position value. And value, yeah, for sure. Um, again, like you said, it's gonna be interesting to see with Telvin Smith being out. I guess Telvin Smith being out, not like the new, but it makes this pick look better, better even better. Because like, also yeah, Yannick Ngakwe is a free agent after the year, so you don't know if they're gonna want to pay him. Yeah. And Calais Campbell's up there yep. in age, so he's kind of filling multiple roles of need right now. I guess. 
It's exactly. It's just wherever wherever you kind of need him in those three spots, he can slide and right he, in. Which he's is not one of these huge. guys who we bullshitly call an outside linebacker in college in a three four. Like he legit played an outside linebacker role at times, like what Anthony yeah. Barr does in Minnesota, where he'll drop in coverage and he was quite good in coverage. Mm-hmm. So I think his his use will be really interesting and definitely uh, could end up one of the more fun defensive rookies. Um, in the second round, they For took sure. another guy who slid 35th overall. They got Florida tackle Juwan Taylor, who we both thought was – I think – did you also have a first-round grade on him? Uh, yeah, I did, and I would have been fine with him taking him at me, seven. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and they got him so. 35th, and obviously that was because of injury knee concerns. Um and he should plug right in and be the starting right tackle from day one. And kind of complete. I, uh, yeah, go ahead. He kind of completes their O line with uh, mm-hmm. him and Cam Robinson at tackle, um, Andrew yep. Norwell, and uh, what's his name? AJ Can at guard, and then Brandon Linder at center. Linder at center. And it yeah. gives him a strong offensive line in front of Nick Foles, or a stronger, at least, offensive line in front of Nick Foles. And obviously, Foles comes from a strong offensive line group in Philly. Yeah, I agree. I think Taylor's plug-and-play at the right tackle spot. I think he's a great fit with just kind of their power run mean scheme. Like, they're kind of trying to build, like, a meaner offensive line. Obviously, like, they started with the Cam Robinson pick, right? And, uh, yeah. Like, it's just, I guess Can's the weakest spot, but... Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, but, yeah, Juwan Taylor gives them an attitude guy who's going to be there at right tackle as long yeah. as he's healthy for a decade, in my opinion. And potential Pro Bowl type ability. Like, like I said, he was, like, the 14th player on my board. Mm-hmm. Um, third round, though, they reached big, in my opinion. They went tight end yeah. from San Jose State, Josh Oliver. who's a pure athletic yeah. upside guy. He's got size. That we know they love their tight ends. But he's just he's not the guy I bet on there, especially like I was talking about Kahali Waring earlier, and he's a guy who I thought would have been a perfect fit as their inline guy. And they go with Josh Oliver, who just reminds me a lot of when Tyler Higby came out, where you're just betting on this upside that – didn't, didn't like really come together at a group of five school so why is it going to yeah. come together now and like betting on those guys on day two is too bold for me I uh, completely agree especially like it's early third round way too high for him like I if you're betting like late fourth and maybe um, Sternberger was still on the board if you like and like you said yeah, Warren and, was and still Sternberger on the board Sternberger is a, a better version of what Josh Oliver did at San Jose State but exactly Exactly. Yeah, so yeah. I, that's what I don't get. And like you said, and then warring if you want the more true inline guy who can block, made more sense too. And Dawson Knox goes 30 picks later. Like, yeah, da- Dawson Knox yeah, is I, both. Exactly. This I, I hate this pick, to be honest. But. Uh, and then their other third-round pick, Murray State linebacker Quincy Williams, uh, Quinnen Williams' older brother, who was like another mm-hmm. kind of whoa-out-of-nowhere one. Uh, it, it's, yes. uh, it makes more sense now knowing – the Telvin Smith thing, like maybe they ha- they knew yeah. something about that because Quincy Williams is um, similar in that freaky athlete lacks some size. He's yeah. really thick though. He's let's have five eleven two thirty nine. Eighty eighty one inch wingspan too. Yeah, like which I didn't know. Yeah, he he's I, interesting. Yeah, like that's interesting. I like this pick. I know it was shocking at the time. Like I hadn't watched him or anything, um, but like after studying up on him a bit. I like this pick a lot more in the third round than the Josh Oliver one, and I, th- I find it a <laughs> yeah. lot more interesting. I, I I do too. I want to see Quincy Williams on the field. And he 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 effed people up at Murray State, and like the athleticism, like you mentioned, the arm length. He's an interesting guy. He yeah. seems like he's at minimum he's going to be fun on special teams as a young player. Uh, and they're yeah, gonna, I'm I think, thinking they hope to develop him into a starting outside linebacker. Mm-hmm. I think that's the idea. Um, I, I wonder if the the true idea going forward would end up being like because i don't like it's hard to bet on telvin smith going forward with what they sitting out you're like not like shitting on him or anything it's just it's hard to yeah bet. no you definitely need a contingency plan yeah and, and i'm wondering if that is quincy williams um miles jack obviously a middle linebacker and then josh allen and like a hybrid sam edge role it'd be interesting uh and then i, the I fourth, think that could or, be a they plan. didn't have fourth round pick fifth round uh, you're running back from Temple, yeah. Rick Will Armstead. I love Rick Will Armstead. I, I, I good give, value, good, I think. Good value, good fit for what Great they think fit. they're trying to do. Yeah. I, I completely agree. In, in between the tackles, uh, really good. Right Leonard Fournette insurance. Like a, like good Leonard Fournette insurance. I think immediate, you're running back too, and good one. Um, 
He's an upgrade. I think like back too from what you've had. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I think better he can develop with the passing game too, um, which Foles does a bit. Uh, thrown to his backs at uh, Fournette, yeah, right. Um, I think I think I love the fit. Like I love the player, love the fit. I think that's a and I'm cool pick. with it in the fifth round for sure. Yeah, especially when you've got Fournette who's dealt with injuries and off field drama in terms of like clashing with the front office and whatnot. Yeah, as a Leonard Fournette fantasy uh, dynasty owner, can you finally get a, a handcuff I like, Rob? I'm happy. And then sixth round to make the best QB room in the in the country. Washington State QB Gardner Minshew. I I, I like, like this pick. I think Minshew's a guy who, to me, is a Colt McCoy type of backup. He's going to be a backup for a long time. Really smart guy who was going to go into coaching. Uh, has some athletic upside. S- like, s- smart, accurate passer who can, like, spot mm-hmm. start when you need to. And him and Foles are comical-looking duo. <laughs> My only issue is he might be the best coach on the staff right now. Even better. Him and Foles call the plays. Him and Foles and Tanner Lee. And Alex Magoo. Name a better QB room. It's amazing. I mean, he's going to be doing the coaching to Scott Milanovic. I'm telling you that right now. But I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited for that QB uh, room, baby. Put them on hard like, knocks in the that, QB room. <laughs> on the field, I wasn't like a, the, the hugest Gardner Minshew fan. But in the sixth round, good career backup. I like the uh, And then seventh round, 235th. Uh, Auburn nose tackle yeah. Dontavious Russell. I, I I'm not a huge fan of him, but like he he probably ends up on the practice squad just because the depth they have at D line. But yeah, the yeah. practice squad nose tackle, it's whatever. I give him a B plus. I give him a B plus too. Okay, finally in the AFC South, the Tennessee Titans, who a lot of bang for their buck in last year's draft, and I'd say this year's draft. Yeah. Yep, I agree. Uh, they started and uh, 19th overall, they took Mississippi State defensive tackle Jeffrey Simmons who's going to miss the That's whole year much. with a torn ACL. Uh, but he's a top-five player for me. So I thought definitely worth the value at 19, and a guy I would have bet on yep. there. Oh, yeah, me too. I think also just a great fit. Uh, good place for Jeffrey Simmons mm-hmm. to land. And, and a guy who they – it's not like – they have the same D-line group returning as last year. So it's not like yep. they need him to contribute right away. It's a plan for the future to have a Fletcher Cox-type player – with Jarrell Casey on the same D-line in the future. So yes. they, they know how to handle playing without him. And then in year two for him, he just comes in and dominates, as what I think. Could be the... If it was the NBA, he could be the rookie of the year next year. Correct. Um, like, I don't want to talk too much on him because he's not going to play, but really slam dunk pick. Uh, 51st, they went with... It. We all kind of knew they needed another receiver with Corey Davis and Adam mm-hmm. Humphreys. Um, and they go with A.J. Brown from Ole Miss, who I think is a safe pick. Uh, yeah, I agree. The, with him and Humphreys, it's going to be who's going to be hum, – Humphreys played a slot mainly in Tampa and like kind of lined up all of it. Yeah. Played him at, like out of the backfield even too. Um, it'll be dependent on who ends up as the true slot and who's out on the outside more. I think Humphreys probably ends up the true slot and they're hoping A.J. Brown can I, play on the outside. I think that's the, the idea for sure. And – Obviously, bigger, bigger dude too, right? So. I just, I hope this all helps Corey Davis develop. Yeah. Um, Humphreys is a really great route runner. He's going to dominate in the slot, I think. Brown's like a power forward at receiver, a Quincy Anunua type guy. Um, just get the ball in his hands. He can work uh, big yardage after the catch. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be really dependent on how he develops as an outside guy. But I've, yeah. I, I think it's a fine pick. I don't think it's a like a slam dunk, especially with some of the other guys on the board. But I'm just glad they attacked yeah. uh, the receiver position. This was I had him like 58th on my board or something. So I think that I think that's fair. Um, I would have liked like a, like a more defined like a speedster guy, but like there wasn't. I don't know. Like who who would you have done in, differently? Yeah, I know it's tough Be- because like Davis is in the cut of a true wide receiver. One Humphreys is that true slot route runner, and then yeah, yeah you would ideally want a. I mean. Not that they should t- should have taken Hollywood Brown nineteenth because I wouldn't have, but like that type of player to like fully complete your trio. I mean, it could have been DK Metcalf. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what I play. truly would have done. But but I'll, yeah, like Michael Hardman, I I I take Brown over him in the like same in the in Tennessee, uh, Paris. I like take Brown. Brown also fits what I think Mike Vrabel probably loves in a football player too. 
I agree. So I yeah. think fit matters a lot uh, in terms of like with the high character locker room guy. Um, no, yeah. but I I'm just glad they went after the receiver position early, uh, and then they kind of we talked about them potentially going interior line the first round. They went 82nd mm-hmm. Charlotte guard Nate Davis. I think it's a high upside guy uh, who can yep. if you fix some stuff with his stance could be a really good player. Uh, I agree. Yeah, probably ends up their starting right guard from day one. Yeah, it's. I think so too. Looking at the group, uh, Saffold, you play left guard. Yeah, that's what he did. Yeah, and then, uh, and Ben Jones at center. Yeah, probably Nate Davis, right guard. I agree. And then you um, draft Creed Humphrey next year. Ben Jones yeah, free agent. I think, but yeah, and I think like yeah. where they got him is a good value too. I could have seen him get gone a little higher, to be honest. He, he had a really interesting Senior Bowl week. Um, mm-hmm. Really mean run run blocker too. I think he fits the vibe yeah. of that O line room. I agree. Uh, I think and then fourth thing. round, Iowa DB Imani Hooker, who I I love in the same way as when they took um, last year. They they took our, our guy I'm, Dane Crookshank in the fifth round. Yeah, and uh, I love yeah, same vibe as in like he can play safety, he can play nickel, really physical, smart football player. Uh, I'm really excited for this pick. I think he can be a Desmond King type of nickel for them. How, how, like, do you think he's going to start at nickel? Like, uh, I think he could start at nickel or strong my... safety. I do think he's yeah. going to start. I don't know where. Um, he mm. also they could go matchupy. Like, I know they brought Kenny Vaccaro back. He kind of does yeah. similar things to Kenny Vaccaro, um, but better. Yeah. Uh, and and it, they could go matchupy with their DBs because they have some short corners. But I think he'll, he'll, he'll have like a some... big role. It's a versi- versatile group, too. Like, Crookshank's versatile, like you said. Hooker, obviously. Kvac. Um, I don't know. I, don't, I think I'm the only one that calls him Kvac. I've never heard anyone say uh, that before. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and then, like, yeah, the shorter corners. I think, like, that's that's a flexible, good group, I think. Like, it's starting to come together. Uh, sure. And then, fifth round, Georgia Edge, DeAndre Walker. It's funny. His, his comp yeah. for me was Derek Morgan, who they uh, just let walk in free agency. Um, yeah, I think he could be a, a strong uh, edge player depth wise to Wake and um, Harold Landry, and Harold gives them Landry. a guy who's yeah. just going to defend the run. He's not going to add a ton as a pass rusher, but could be a good base run defender for them and just work into the rotation. A spot, a spot that they could use the depth too. So. Mm-hmm. And then sixth round, super athletic West Virginia linebacker David Long, another guy who I don't think he'll have to play much because they have Jayon Brown no. and uh, Wesley Woodard and Rashawn Evans. And, yep. But, like, he's going to provide athleticism on special teams and depth as a developmental oh. player. I thought it was a solid pick. Me too. I agree. I'm excited for their Jayon Brown and Sean Evans linebacker duo, though. <laughs> um, and then I end up giving them an A-. minus. I also gave them an A-. minus. I think it's a really good haul. Like, it's I guess, honestly, A.J. Brown might be my least favorite pick. It's not but a like, bad it's pick. Not a ba- it's not a bad pick, no. It's two years in a row I think I've given them an A-. minus. John Robinson's, a, I think, a good talent evaluator and acquirer. They just need the coaching staff and mainly yeah. the OC and Marcus Mariota to put it together. And just some consistency there. Right? Just need offensive identity. Yeah, identity and consistency for sure. And you know what? My bookie agrees. And since we started this show, I get asked all sorts of questions about who to bet on and who to bet with. I don't always know who's going to win, but I do know where to go. The answer is my bookie. Between their live, in-game betting, endless props, and fantasy sports wagers, there's something for everyone. With the best player perks in the sportsbook business, they've been good to us and we know they'll be good to you. They're hooking our listeners up all month. Visit mybookie.ag and use promo code HEAVEN when creating your account to claim your 50% bonus. Laying down $100, you've now got an extra $50 in play. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E dot A-G, promo code heaven. You play, you win, you get paid, my bucky. NFC South time. Kicking off with the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> yeah. Who had a very unexciting draft. Well, I guess exciting <laughs> yeah. in terms of shock value. That's true. Uh, 14th overall, first round, they go with Boston College guard Chris Lindstrom. Um, they they clearly yeah. went in this offseason saying we need to fix our offensive line, and I respect that. And I think Chris Lindstrom, although a little rich for me, I think he's 
gonna probably like I think he could be a Pro Bowl guard. I 100% agree. Liked him more in like the early second round, but he's a really really good football player, and I agree, he could easily be a Pro Bowl and guy. And quietly very athletic. He yes for sure very quietly. Like to to me, he's already their best guard on the roster. I agree. And basically, so, like, my, my problem is they paid one. Jamon Brown, James Carpenter, and Tyson Brello, and then drafted <laughs> Chris Lynch from 14th. I know. So it's just like you kind of threw money at these other guys. I, so I don't know. That, that That's yeah. my only qualm with it. Otherwise, I thought like it's a good fit at their biggest need and a Pro Bowl yep. potential player. Exactly, I agree. And then they traded back in the first round through anything I previously thought that was good away by taking Washington tackle Caleb McGarry, who again they yeah. they take uh, they take a guy on the offensive line biggest need, but they also threw all this money at these other guys who aren't very good in my opinion. Then way over draft McGarry, who to me wasn't uh, a top like eighty player. I think I had him a hundred and one or something. I think that's like where he should have went. <laughs> so, yeah, I I don't like this pick very much. Big reach for me as well. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, Rob. And, uh, like, I don't... Like, why did they pay Tyson Brillo, who's also not very good? It's, why would anyone pay Tyson Brillo? No offense, like, Ty. And McGarry, to me, is not ready to play, so I guess that's why they paid him. Should they put free agency after the draft? I don't know. I don't know. No, I, I think... No. I feel like the NFLPA would never want that, but like it would make like GMs would want yeah, that. Yeah, probably. It'd be yeah. it'd be weird. It'd be bad for yeah, it'd be bad for the players though. Um yes, and then yeah. basically the rest of the draft was what we've seen uh Thomas Dimitrov and Scott Pioli, who's now officially stepped yep. down as assistant GM. Interesting me because he hates yep. this draft class. Uh just <laughs> bet on athleticism over other things yeah. besides athleticism. In the fourth round, they go Ohio State corner Kendall Sheffield, who tore his peck at the combine. Who's a guy who had hype forever, but never truly lived up to it at Ohio State. I know. Like, had he yeah. not torn his peck, I think I would have been okay with him in the fifth round. I think yeah. I had him more as a sixth, seventh guy, uh, and they took him Me in the too. fourth round. Yeah, don't love this. Uh, like you said, though, classic Dimitrov and. But like the funny, th- like the funny thing is, I usually come away after the Falcons draft saying, "I wish that's what the Seahawks would have done," but not this year. So, and then their other fourth round pick, Charleston State defensive lineman John Kaminsky, who was destroyed at the Senior Bowl, <laughs> who's like a pure <laughs> height, weight, developmental defensive lineman who I wouldn't have taken until like yeah. the seventh round. Me neither. I, I feel like anyone who watched the Senior Bowl. Like just doesn't like him. Yeah, he was put on like he stood out as the worst. Of, like I don't want to be mean, but he was just getting put on his back. It felt like every rep. Yeah, I, I like I don't know if you want a rep, maybe one or two, but yeah, on his ass so like, much. Like he's a guy who I thought would need to practice squad and long time to yeah. develop to be anything. Just, yeah. And at least you get the athletic upside there, but still. Um, then fifth round, one hundred fifty second, they go with a running back. The uh, Obviously lost Tevin Coleman, wanted some size at running back. Pittsburgh running back, Quadri Allison. A guy I thought this was two rounds too early. Better mm-hmm. running backs on the board. Better running backs for that powerful role. I, he's not yeah. – he isn't athletic. That's why it kind of surprised me. I don't I don't like this pick at all. And like – oh, that's interesting. What's that? I'll tell you in a second. But um, I th- Olison – I think I know what you're going to say. Olison yeah. like – I, I just I didn't even think he was the best running back on Pittsburgh. Like I like Darren Hall. More. No, I think Darren Hall was a better yeah. player. And like when you see Divino Zigbo go, yeah, and exactly. Who just does this? What Olson does way better and tested way better. And wait, yeah, exactly. Uh, other fifth round pick, Jordan Miller from Washington. I actually like this pick. I yeah, me too. I kind of like uh, this. One. I like his um, size. He's a guy who played really well before getting injured about like a year yeah. and a half ago, and he started to come on yeah. late at Washington this year. Uh, his his length. Is interesting as a developmental corner. Yeah, I'm I'm cool with that one. I wouldn't say. And then UL Monroe receiver, maybe not Marcus Green because they list him as a running back. Yep, I saw. And he's wearing 43. That's a Darren Sproles number. This, yeah, I think this this Marcus Green pick uh, more interesting to me now that they list him. Me, as a me running too. Back. I, um, I like him because 
when, when I was watching him, he does the, like the the Falcons have been known to like these guys who are gadgety, like Taylor gadgety, Gabriel, yeah. Russell Gage last year. Um, Marcus mm-hmm. Green's the same idea from UL Monroe. And if they're playing at running back as like a pass catching running back, that's very interesting to me. He's explosive. I agree. Yeah, and played a little bit of running back at ULM, or at least lined up in the backfield and did some of that stuff. I think as a gadget guy, this is yeah. interesting. Tested pretty well. I like uh, this. This uh, it helped this. Like yeah, th- this he, he's the mo- this he's the most me. intriguing pick they have. <laughs> Lindstrom's the best pick because their second best is Marcus Green. Stamp that down. <laughs> I said it. That's the thing. Edo Smith is a, is a, is a god. So, but I, I mean, Edo's the true RB too. Marcus Green's a good boy. He's a good return punt. Yeah, maybe like, yeah, he's a good return guy. Um, maybe like, instead of having Taylor Gabriel, you have Russell Gage and Marcus Green. You know, what and, I mean? and uh, yeah. the, he fits the role of they don't like running backs who are over five ten. It's <laughs> yeah. short running back, other than Quadra Allison. Uh, I give him. A, oh, Tony Brooks James there too. I, I give like. him a seat. That's kind of fun. What? Sorry. I said Tony Brooks James is there too. That's kind of fun. Okay. I gave him a C plus. I gave him a solid C, but the market screen, I don't know. I kind of talked it into it. I'm going to stick with the C. Okay. Carolina Panthers time. <laughs> um, kind of shocking, but AJ did call it. So not for AJ. AJ sat back and knew their first round pick weeks before. Florida State had Drescher Brian Burns, a fan favorite of ours. Great pick. Yeah, great pick. Uh, a guy who um, I had, I think, six overall on my board. I was worried the NFL mm-hmm. wouldn't love him, but they still love him enough to go in the first round. Um, love his athleticism. Love his explosiveness. Multiple pass rush moves. Bendy as hell around the edge. Just yeah. kind of the edge that they haven't had since Julius Peppers' first stint in Carolina. I know. It like, feels like Charles Johnson was a really good football player, but Brian Burns has way more upside than what Charles Johnson brought to the table when he was there. I agree. Brian uh, Burns is so good at like the little nuance stuff, like making himself small and like just nasty just getting spin move. He just he he's an instinctual pass rusher where if the first move doesn't work, he knows what counter move to, to pull off next, and it's just beautiful to watch. Yeah, he's I think yep. got a chance to be a consistent double digit sack guy for a while. I agree, and like their edge group, like they it got a lot more solid it this did, offseason, I think. And then thirty seventh, they found they addressed the O line, but it was not a pick I loved with Ole Miss's Greg Little, mm-hmm. a guy I think's better suited for right tackle, and they have Taylor Moten, who I think is going to be one of the best yeah. right tackles in the league. They have Daryl Williams, who before getting injured was a very good right tackle. So I'm yeah. worried they're going to try and force Greg Little to be their left tackle, and this was still around too early probably for me. Yeah, like I would have been okay with him in the late second, early third, but I'm not surprised he, he got me, a little Me neither, and I appreciate that they're addressing the O-line need. It's just I yeah. I think he's a better as a right tackle and a, a guy who he's so sloppy technically and you worry about him in pass pro and you hope he doesn't have to play yeah. right away. Yeah, I I don't think he will, no. though, hopefully. Uh, and then 100th in the third round when they could have got a guy who could actually contribute. Uh, to a potential playoff team, they draft West Virginia QB Will Greer three rounds too early because he's played high school football in Carolina. Yeah, I don't like this pick. <laughs> I don't like it because uh, Kyle Allen showed some things. Tyler Hineke showed them showed some things. Like obviously, you don't want either of them to have to play much if Cam gets hurt. But go get a real vet then. Those are both young guys. Like I'm not. Feeling like my world is saved if Cam goes down and I've got Will Greer going in. He's a case. This pick could have been Hakeem Butler. Yeah, exactly. And Greer's a Case Keenum type of guy. Go get Cam a true big wide receiver on the outside to compliment uh, uh, DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel instead of getting a backup QB. Yeah. Backup quarterback was a position of need for the Panthers, but not spending a hundredth pick on it. I agree. And not this guy. guy. And no, and I, I agree. And, like, I don't know. I, Kyle Allen's got more upside than Will Greer there. I said it. Learned that one from Jordan Palmer. <laughs> I mean, like, this is, like, the range where I expected Greer to go, like, between 90 and 115-ish, I guess. But uh, not the right team, I don't think. And, yeah. Uh, and then the fourth... That's a bad pick. And then the fourth round, they took Alabama edge slash linebacker. Uh, Christian Miller, who I love this pick, a guy who I think we both too. saw potentially being a second-round pick, if not for the injury history. Yep. Yep. Uh, at Alabama, he rushed the passer at a high level, really strong with his hands, explosive guy, got really great bend, 
can also drop in coverage, and he did that at Alabama. I think he could be fighting for the starting strong side linebacker spot on this defense. Like, it, yeah, if, if Miller stays healthy, this is a great pick. Yeah, like Keekley's your middle linebacker, obviously. Shaq Thompson's your weak side, and I they they yeah. kind of have a hole at, as a real Sam role, and Christian Miller fits it really well. Yeah, I'm excited I agree. to see him and Burns, two of my favorite defensive prospects, and then both landed here. Uh, and in the fifth yeah. round, they took Florida way, 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 way too early. Florida running back, Jordan Scarlett. It, was, yeah. it just comes back to I, your Zigbo point. And, like, they signed yeah. Elijah Holyfield undrafted, and I know he tested horribly, but he's a guy I thought was a better player on tape than Scarlett. And, like, the similar similar idea, and I think Holyfield was better. Yes. At and, like, it's not like Scarlett tested all that well or anything. No. So really. I, I hated this pick. I thought it just didn't make much sense. And again, I think Holyfield's like, a better player. Yeah. If this pick was in the seventh and Holyfield was gone, I'd be cool with it. But they ended up with Elijah Holyfield. Yeah. So, so it's okay. But like, draft a Zigbo in the seventh yeah. round, man. Who I think Zigbo was the perfect compliment to Christian McCaffrey in that backfield. And now he gets to be the perfect yeah. compliment to Alvin Kamara. Uh, and then yeah, sixth round, so South Carolina tackled Dennis Daly. I thought pretty, I like pretty damn pick. good value here. A guy who provides depth, swing tackle, can yep. kick inside. I think he could, like, play inside, start inside if you had to. I think he's he definitely potential to be a starter down the road. This was a very strong sixth-round pick. It Oh, really? Very, very much so. Especially compared to, like, the other tackles we've seen go so much higher. Mm-hmm. I think Dennis Daly's, like... like How far off is Dennis Daly from Max Sharping? <laughs> I Dennis Daly above Max Sharping. Exactly, I did too. So. Uh, and then I like Dennis Daly. Then in the seventh yeah. round, Georgia receiver Terry Godwin. Uh, I, I like the Ranger guy who who played yeah. really well at the East West Shrine game. Really solid route runner. Um, and, and played in big games at Georgia. I I like that in the seventh round. Me too. Uh, I ended up giving them a B. The Greer and Scarlet picks really sucked. The Greg Little no. pick I didn't love. Burns and Miller really saved it, but I couldn't go above it because the Greg Little and Will Greer's picks. I I have the exact same feeling. I I gave them a B as well. It's just, yeah, the Scarlet, but I mean fifth round. But the Greer pick is bad. I don't know. I give them All a right. B. On to the New Orleans Saints, who didn't have uh, any big early picks or anything, but they made a big trade to mm-hmm. move up to forty eighth and take Texas A and M center Eric McCoy. Who they gave up a lot to get him, but he's gonna did, he's yeah. gonna be their starting center with Pro Bowl capabilities. Replaces Max Unger, and you're feeling really good about their O line once again. When you were slightly worried with the Max Unger retirement. See this this trade up makes made more sense than the Davenport trade up. Yeah, no, I agree. Because <laughs> you because you you lost Unger obviously to retirement. Unger was a big piece of the, of the offensive line. Pro Bowl guy. You go out, you trade up, you make sure you get your center for the next 10 My years. only thing with it is they just signed Nick Easton. Which I know. Is, but, like, and, and, but then, to me, all that does is, like, it kind of provides you insurance on the interior. And, yeah. like, Andres mm-hmm. Pete's been a little up and down. I know he's a free agent after the season. Yeah. He made the Pro Bowl last year. I don't know. Okay. No, I, okay, I don't know then. How, but okay. Uh, but now you've got a guy with McCoy who, him and Ramchek give you two really young, talented, yep. athletic offensive women. I'm a big Eric McCoy guy. Uh, and this is, like, right perfect uh, value for him. And perfect team. Yeah, and it's not like Ar- Armstead's not too old. I know some injuries. And yeah, like Larry Warford's not too. too old. Like, they have. No. I mean, hey, Andres Pete made a Pro Bowl. So that means. To me, all five of their line offense starting offensive linemen have Pro Bowl capability. Because Andres, P- Andres Pete doesn't, but he made one, so he does. <laughs> it's true. Uh, yeah, so I think, I mean, you're just building to compete with Drew Brees, and that's exactly what they needed. Uh, and then it's, yep. it, that looks even better. Like the, It's almost justified that big trade-up because fourth trade round, up, they yeah. get Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, the Florida DB. Uh, borderline first round guy or first round guy for both. Yeah, like he was a um, top thirty player. Didn't have a first round grade, but top thirty player. Yeah, exactly. Um, and he, he's he's the do it all guy on this defense, man. He play nickel, play safety, and and their second their secondary has has some questions outside of uh, Marshawn Lattimore and and and, and, for sure. and Marcus Williams, but Marcus Williams and yeah, Chauncey yeah. Gardner Johnson can fill a role as your uh, as your starting nickel, or he can be your starting strong safety. 
Exactly. I mean, and like it's just been such a muddy secondary outside of those two guys for a while. And Marcus Williams still a really young player. And, and they like using too, three safeties. They did it with Kirk Coleman a lot. And like yeah. now they can do it with uh, Williams, Von Bell, and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Chauncey Gardner. Or... It's a great pick. It's yeah, great and pick. it provides insurance with Patrick Robinson coming back off the injury. It just mm-hmm. makes you feel a lot better about their secondary. Absolutely. just He just solidifies like almost every spot. And he He's so talented. He felt because of like some immaturity stuff, but I don't know. That's a pretty strong locker room to go into. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, and then they didn't pick again to the sixth round. They took Rutgers, Safety, Saquon Hampton. who I, Another guy who I, I think big special teams upside – he uh physical yep. player, um, can play either safety spot, really, and just a good fit in their, when they're going with three safeties. He provide depth uh, at multiple spots. I like this pick a lot. I Yeah, I agree. Team captain, 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 like the crunch, captain and uh, That was not funny. Uh, I was I, laughing at it to yourself. Because I'm laughing because I'm an idiot. Um, yeah, very good special teamer. I agree. Uh Six, I don't know the sixth round. I think this is a good pick. And then seventh round, Notre Dame tight end Elise Mack, who I, I wasn't like a massive fan of or anything, but I think good fit with the, the athleticism <laughs> that late. Like yeah. as I, I like some, this pick. Some uh, tight end three insurance. Uh, I like it. Mm-hmm. Maybe you end up on your Me practice too. squad and you can develop him, but I can see uh, Sean Payton having some fun with him. Yeah. And then one of my guys, Idaho linebacker Caden Ellis, with their final pick. A guy I think is just going to be a dominator on special teams. <laughs> What'd you give him? I give him an A-. Give him a, a B plus. Like, they did so really well with so little, but... Okay. The moment AJ's been waiting, what? A couple, three, four, five weeks, years. months for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. And not even their first round pick, but just their, their day two picks. That's all AJ's been trying to talk about. And their kicker. Um... But <laughs> this is arguably the AJ's perfect draft. Tampa Bay Buccaneers start the day. Unsurprising, so LSU linebacker yeah. Devin White, fifth overall. Nobody's surprised. We knew this the, was coming. The worst kept secret. Yeah, know? and like, it was early for me. I don't think he's the same type of player Roquan Smith is. Roquan Smith went three picks later than that in the previous year. Yeah. Um, but he's going to be a good fit and prov- provides tons of athleticism upside at a position of need. And. You know what I do like about it, though, is, like, just the dog yeah. on the defense. And, like, Gerald McCoy's gone. I, him and Levante David man. as your inside linebackers, like, on a top yeah. bulls D, I'm excited for that. So, I thought Devin White was more of a mid to late first-round pick, but the fit's there. It's the same thing as the Devin Bush thing with Pittsburgh, who is, yeah. like, one of the best fits in the entire draft, in my opinion. Um, i just not huge on taking an off-ball linebacker super early. Meaning, unless they're like, special. yeah, meaning yeah, top 10, unless they're like a freak, like a Roquan Smith, a Luke Keekley, like that type of thing. But like, you, you're getting guys who are really great fits who are going to provide big time leadership on a team who needs it. Um, and great athletes, which is, nice yeah, too. big upside in, in because yeah. of that. So, although it's early, I like, I, I get why. No, me too. I'm like. Looking at this whole group, that's not the pick. I'm exactly, 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 exactly. Uh, exactly. 39th overall second round, Central Michigan Sean Bunting. Yeah. Central Michigan corner Sean Bunting. Um, who yeah. I thought, at the time, I was like, yeah, bit early, bit early. Like the fit. Physical, athletic. Yeah. Going to be really interesting press corner for them. Um, can see Todd Bowles kind of like, this is my guy. This Get me this DB. Just, just yeah. this DB. Let me develop him. <laughs> Late riser in the in the process too, and like, yeah. So like I I, I, okay. I got that, and like also now hearing like it sounds like Bruce Arians hates Vernon Hargraves. Like I wouldn't be surprised to yeah. see Vernon Hargraves traded before the season, especially with how many DBs they draft. Right. Um, yeah. But like Sean Bunting, you yeah. could see playing some serious snaps as a rookie for them, yeah. uh, and being just Todd Bowles' boy. And then third round, ninety fourth. They're like, fuck it. Let's do. Uh, let's go corner again. Let's go Auburn corner Jamil Dean, mm-hmm. who's a guy who, with serious injury history, but long athletic press type of guy. Uh, definitely interesting, but not with that injury history, not interesting this early, especially when you just want a similar guy. You went Carlton Davis at it's, corner last year. It, they just keep throwing picks all at all press corners? Like, yeah, and like... like well, DBs not, in like, general? High up. 
Yeah, like and like none of them are sure things. Like yeah. all these guys are like, okay, this is a bit of a project. He could be a good player. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's like you know, even Hargreaves. I wasn't a huge Hargreaves fan coming. To go out of the top year, but, ten, um, it, that's like yeah, or I guess even eleventh, but same thing. Yeah, almost near top ten. I just yeah. I don't like it. Anyways, and then 99th, they, they're like, fuck it, let's go DB again. This one we can pretend he's a safety a little bit, even though he, he mainly played nickel at Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky yeah. DB Mike Edwards, who I was a big fan of, and I was totally cool with him going right around this range, like late third, early fourth. But This but, one was even earlier, too early for but, me. But, but yeah, to this ahead. team, with the players yeah. of, like, like, this is the same thing MJ Stewart and Jordan Whitehead, the guys, the DBs you took last year, they, both did. Like, MJ Stewart, you took 53rd overall last year. Massive And it's overdraft, not like it's a different yes. GM. It's still Jason Light. Yeah, and, and like, exactly. if MJ Stewart's not your starting nickel, why'd you take him 53rd last year? I'm, I don't fucking know, man. Like, what are they... This is so... I like the Whitehead pick in the fourth. I could have got around. It's kind of like the Mike Edwards one. But the Stewart one, terrible... Uh, like I don't even, I don't even, Edwards. It's still a little early for Mike Edwards, especially when you put in the context of the rest of what the fuck Jason. That's what I doing. mean. Like I would have. I think you could the Dean thing if it wasn't for the injury stuff. I think you could justify him going that early. It's just the context of their roster. This team being the team. Yeah. I think it was over over like the last four drafts. They've drafted nine DBs in like the top one hundred or something stupid. Like how about how about like if they packaged two of these picks, went up to thirty two and stole Byron? Murphy? Yeah, you would feel so much better about it. And You're like, okay, Byron Murphy's a sure thing. He's a very good player, not the most, not the biggest athlete, but a and great. And now player. between like, Sean Bunting, Carlton Davis, Jamil Dean, uh, Mike Edwards, Justin Evans, Vernon Hargraves, um, MJ Stewart, and Jordan Whitehead, that's eight DBs. All it's so all much draft capital. Top one twenty. I don't trust like Justin Evans. I trust like the most. The, yeah, Justin like, Evans, but he's got he's coming off an injury now. Uh, yeah. You've got injury flag with Dean as well. Um, Vernon Hargraves, you got an injury flag, and apparently head coach hates him, so you might have to trade him. And like, it's just such a mess of how you you. This is not how you build a football team or a secondary for that matter. And it's like Carlton Davis, Bunting, and Dean are all press projects. Who like I I yeah. like for I different like Carlton reasons, Davis last year. but not all on yeah, the same team. I don't know. I know. Also, is Sean Murphy bunting now? What's up with that? Swag. The so we can call him SMB. You mean oh, top bulls? Okay, about, I'm, I'm yeah, on. add another name in there for a cool nickname. See, like I trust Todd Bowles. I guess. I mean, I do, but. It's, it's just I mean, bad. their their I ideal know. situation is. I guess their starting DBs end up being. Uh, Mike Edwards at strong safety, Justin Evans at free safety, and just like by Jordan Whitehead, and then your corners end up being Bunting, and you trade Vernon Hargraves, and MJ Stewart's got to be your nickel then, I guess, and then, I don't know, Dean or Davis, and you're just happy one of them can start? If this pans out, they have a very strong secondary, but you know most of these guys aren't going to pass. When you know they could have got like they just did, they didn't draft a fucking offensive lineman. Like that's where I, know. I don't know. Anyway, onto their picks that weren't DBs. Fourth round, Anthony Nelson, Iowa defensive lineman. I like this pick. I think he. Yeah. Um, it's gonna be interesting because they're going to that three four base. If he's gonna be standing up much, or if he'll play more of a five tech, they have him listed as an outside linebacker. I think. Yeah. I think I don't like. I think that. he'll ultimately. I mean, hey, I didn't understand why they cut Joe McCoy just to bring the Kung Su in for too much money. I, what's the point? But hey, Sue's Su, smart. That that guy's just trying to cash in. No state tax. Um, <laughs> he loves Florida. Um, yeah, I love the Anthony Nelson pick. Seeing him listed as an OLB scares me because I think he'd be a great. Yeah, five-tech. I think ultimately he'll play five tech and three man fronts and play a bit of edge mm-hmm. and four man fronts and just being in that rotation. They don't have a really true edge rusher though so maybe he does end up as an edge because jpp's hurt right yeah um so that, that'll be interesting to chat track uh and then the fifth round they draft a kicker but it's matt gay from utah so aj's happy and i think drafting kickers makes no sense especially for jason light the buccaneers should never draft kicker again the i like you can't draft another kicker even if it's Matt, and you're the you biggest matt gay it. fan there is 
I am. I think I am the biggest Matt Gay fan in the world. But you can't draft another kicker if you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because of what happened last time with... I won't even say his name. Um, and, like, I don't even like drafting kickers. I don't like it. Like, unless it's really, really late seventh. I, and even then, I prefer a punter. I don't know. I hope Matt Gay goes down to Tampa and kicks the doors off. But, uh... I don't know. Okay, in the sixth round, they draft... I guess they're Adam Humphrey's replacement. Bowling Green receiver Scott Miller... Who's yeah. like a really, really, really poor man's idea of a white slot receiver. I don't know how Scott Miller got drafted when some of these other receivers didn't. Like, like I watched Scott mm-hmm. Miller tape, and I was like, this is Dane Sands and Bacher-esque. Like, you didn't have to draft him. <laughs> no offense, Scott Miller. Like, I don't know. Okay. You drafted Justin <laughs> Watson last year in the fifth round to be your big slot type. Exactly. Like, why did you draft Scott Miller? Just draft a guard. You need a guard. Draft a tackle, you need why? a tackle. Why is Jason Light still employed? I don't know. They got a better uh, receiver on draft than Anthony Johnson from Buffalo. I know he's not a true Man, slot, true. but like, I don't know. Chris Goblin's playing that bigger slot type of role anyway. You could have just ignored the receiver position. I think they needed probably. One. Goblin, Mike Evans, and you just kind of have an empty hole. Yeah, I mean, Lodge is on the Yeah, I know. Too. DeMarcus Lodge is way better. Like, DeMarcus Lodge is going to win their slot role, uh, their Adam Humphreys role over Scott Miller. I love DeMarcus Lodge. I would have taken him in the second round. I don't even care if that sounds crazy now that he went undrafted. I like, I like, I would have taken him in, like, the fourth, third round. Yeah, I like Lodge a lot. I don't, this is... And then, anyways, uh, seventh round, Terry Beckner from Missouri, defensive lineman, rotational player. I This, this pick was very solid this late. I agree. God. I got no issue at all. I love point. just talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers DB thing. We do a whole pot up about it, probably. It's like you thought they were heading in the right direction because they got a really fun staff and a good staff, and you're like, this is going the right direction. Todd Bowles can take all these other picks like before the draft and fix them, and then just throw all those picks at these mediocre DBs. And like, I'm like, my God. Bruce Aarons and Ndamukong no, no Sudo, that's fun. <laughs> it is. I mean... Why not just keep drilling? Hey, on, on the like, bright what, side, what? they didn't draft a running back, so like maybe they believe in Ronald Jones, so my fantasy team will really get it going now. <laughs> they shouldn't believe. Well, at least give him, give the kid a shot, but yeah, I mean. No, I bet they brought in Andre Ellington, and we know Bruce Arians loves him, so. Tampa's like the best city team for just having weird running backs. Weird rosters in general. Yeah, I, know. God, I know. We should be the GM there. Joint GM? I don't, you know what? I don't know if I want to clean up Fine. on this. I'm like, Me and Daniel Jeremiah will. Okay, there you go. All right. I give them a C plus. I don't know if we said that yet. No, we didn't. I, I gave them a C, and after talking about it, I kind of want to Yeah, me too, it, but, but I have to live and die by what I wrote my article, so. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's it for us here at Seven Rounds in Heaven. You can follow us on Twitter at RobPaulNFL, at AJMarquezy13, at Armchair. NFL and at AC All Americans. Go to armchairallamericans.com. You can read uh, my 2020 way too early draft. I'm going to do my all steals team this week from this 2019 draft. Uh, yeah. Anything cool. else? Yeah. Uh, read Rob's stuff. That sounds fun. And get off the mound. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.